0: This podcast is intended to uplift, inspire, and in some cases, educate you on how to create a life that feels good. I am not a health professional, and the information and advice shared on this show should not be taken in replacement for any information or direction given to you by a healthcare professional. If you or someone you know is struggling with your health or mental well-being, please reach out to a healthcare professional in your area. For more information and resources on mental health support, please visit laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash mental health or see the link in the show notes hi there i'm laura a teacher turned creator and this is fill up your cup the podcast with a mission to help you feel inspired motivated and empowered to show up for yourself and create a life that feels good we're putting the personal back in personal development as we navigate this journey of self-awareness self-compassion and growth together because together And with the right mindset, we are all capable of change and living a life that truly fills us up. To to your Cup Podcast, Terry I am super excited to have you on and to finally make this happen because we have been trying to figure out a date that works for both of us and our different time zones for so long, but I'm very excited to sit down with you today.
1: I'm excited to be here. It has been a long time coming. I do like to say that bails are a blessing. So when uh, people bail on me to honor their energy, I really appreciate it. And I think I've bailed on you a fair few times and you've just had so much compassion and understanding and I really appreciate it.
0: See, that's why I love connecting with you because I very much have the same feeling and I know that I have done it vice versa as well. And I just love... Connecting with a person I know is going to have that compassion and hold that space. And so like the people pleaser part of my mind doesn't go, they're going to judge me. I feel like we should be just doing that more as humans in general. We're all just people trying to do our best in the world. (laughs) So welcome to the podcast. Um, I have obviously been following your work online Four years and what you do, and, and how the industry and focus you've moved into in the last couple of years has changed. So, I would love if you could introduce yourself and share what you do with our audience.
1: Yes, gosh. Uh, it's really funny. My husband was asked by someone to tell them, What is your wife doing? And he was like, I know how to answer because it has been like it's gone in so many different directions it's evolved it's grown it's changed um, so I started out I was a primary school teacher I ended up having to leave the profession due to severe anxiety and workload related stress and uh, it turned out that that was undiagnosed ADHD. It was caused by um a lot of executive function challenges. And when I found out that news, it just it changed my whole life. and And at that time, I was building a business where I was supporting. T- teacher well-being so I was making these resources and then I was making a magazine and then I was making a podcast and then I was making a community and how did I not realize I had ADHD I don't know because all the signs are there but then um yeah my psych was like hey has anyone ever tested you for ADHD and I thought Oh, I don't know. No, they haven't. I've had a lot of people say it in my life, but I always thought it was like a bit of a you got ADHD, you talk really fast and you kind of say everything that you're thinking in the moment. Um, but it turns out they were right. And um, I probably should have got tested when I was a teenager, but I didn't. My brothers did. And uh, that is why I'm so passionate about advocating for what ADHD looks like in girls and women um, and people who are assigned female at birth because it's just so different. Like our hormones make a massive um, difference in in how everything is presenting in our emotions, uh, the way that girls and women are... um, I suppose, conditioned in society to be people pleasers, to be perfectionists. So it means that a lot of our, uh, some people call them symptoms. I I tend to call them ADHD traits, but a lot of them are internalized, which means that we can feel them. We can, you know, experience them, but it's like a duck on the water where the legs are paddling as fast as they can, but people are just seeing you glide. That was a lot, wasn't it? That was like a big, <laughs> that was a monologue. <laughs> But I love
0: it. I love it. Um, because I think what I, why I was so excited to have you on the podcast is obviously in recent years, especially with TikTok, for some reason, um, with that like common joke of, you know, you have or you may have undiagnosed ADHD if TikTok starts showing you ADHD videos. So obviously there are more people talking about it than there were before. But I feel like you were one of the first people that I saw talking about it. And when you were sharing more about it online, I was still in my teaching role. And I realized as someone who had a certain responsibility to maybe flag this up in young children and send them for testing, that I had no idea what ADHD really was. Because there is so much misunderstanding, first of all, and misinformation. And I know like the big common one coming from a background of teaching and having grown up seeing this term being thrown around for children who were quote unquote hyperactive or misbehaving, it's really become labeled as something that we just say people have if they have difficulty focusing, but there's obviously so much more to it. And that's where I really wanted to start with you today was to allow us maybe to shed a little bit more light on what ADHD actually is and how it presents itself in different ways in different people
1: yeah so it's not just regulating attention it is also emotional regulation it is also impacting executive functions so if you want to like learn more about what executive executive functioning looks like you can look that up there are there are multiple sources but um basically it's like your self-awareness, your inhibition, your motivation it can be uh, memory planning prioritization and it's also understanding that when you meet one person with ADHD that is one person. So when I speak about my ADHD, where my hyperactivity is really internalized, it's like racing thoughts. Um, It's feeling like I'm constantly needing to do something. Like I need to write things down. I need to get the thoughts out of my head. So that's called like externalizing. Um, It's just three words that I hear constantly from clients is that they're overwhelmed. So overwhelmed by everything they have on, overwhelmed by life really life as an adult and so you can imagine as a teenager it would be the same thing um and, and and similarly if you're a child you're just overwhelmed by all of the expectations that are kind of put on you and you're having to plan them out you're having to prioritize them you're having to manage your time and your emotions and your thoughts and even just saying it out loud like i'm sure the pe- the person listening is like wow that it does feel like a lot when you when you put it like that um, and so then we become overcommitted because when we experience time, we kind of experience time in, in the now and we're not thinking about the future or the past. And so like I'll often like tonight, even as an ADHD coach, even with systems and strategies and support networks in place, I overcommitted. Tonight, and accidentally booked three things in a row, and then um, I had said, "Oh yeah, I'll drive to like a, a place in Victoria, which is like eight hours," and I was like, "I'll just do that today." And then um, I got a text message. It was like, "Your dogs are getting washed today, both of them, an hour away," and I was like, "How how how am I here again? How am I here again?" But it it's just like it's it's stacking things on and and yeah. It's it's a lot. How did I go there with that explanation? That was like a whirlwind.
0: <laughs> I think what's really great about that explanation is you gave us an insight into what it feels like to be inside in a neurodivergent mind, which I think we really just don't um, give enough credit to people who live with this undiagnosed for so long. And I think the thing that strikes me most and the more that I learned about ADHD is There's so much of it that if it's not picked up as a child, when we're teenagers or adults, it can just be said, oh, you're you're stressed or you're just a disorganized person. And these labels are created and people create this narrative about themselves that could be solved if they could just better understand how their brain works.
1: And sadly, that is why the suicide risk can be up to five times higher for people with ADHD and one in four women with ADHD have attempted suicide. And so it's really common, almost actually almost every single woman that I've worked with has said that she was diagnosed first with depression and then with anxiety, and then the ADHD diagnosis came next. So what is happening is people are going to clinicians or or going to general practitioners, so they're just their local doctor, and they're seeing the signs of, for me, it was premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is also super common in um, women with ADHD and with autism. And what it looks like is kind of a cyclical depression, and so you go to the doctor and you're like, well, I am experiencing depression, but it just kind of lifts up as soon as I get my period. And that is pre- P- PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which I had no idea about until I was 32 years old and my psychologist, like, I, I just can't believe you have to go to a psychologist. I'm seeing this person for for a year and a bit and and it's only then that I find out this information.
0: You were the first person to tell me about that. So yes. I mean, the last time we spoke, you were starting to like learn about tracking your cycle to figure out the symptoms of it. And I was like, whoa. And I remember after we had that conversation, I went away and bought a book about the female cycle because I was like, how am I at that point, like a 26, 27 year old woman, and no one has told me before that my cycle can actually have this much of an impact on my mood.
1: It's just like... If you're listening to this and you do want to learn more, I really highly recommend uh, Lucy Peach's book, Period Queen. She breaks down the cycle in a way that is so easy to understand. There's illustrations, there's music, there's artwork, and she will break down the menstrual phase, uh, the follicular, the luteal, and then um, the premenstrual, which is when the PMDD happens. And like, I need visuals. She broke it down with visuals. If you can't, be bothered reading the book google her look her up on youtube she does a freaking um what's it called when you interpretive dance like and and illustrates the whole thing it's amazing so there's so much that
0: can impact it And i think that that's the the big challenge with neurodivergency in, in general. And as we kind of move into this, I guess, era where we're starting to take a little bit more control back and realizing, hey, I may have slipped through the system. And also this, I think being a com- confident saying this can't be the way it's supposed to be. Like my brain c- can't have to feel this way all of the time. Surely there is something better. Surely there's a better way for me to be able to live my life. And I think that that's why we're talking about ADHD more because so many of us have slipped through the system. So many people have slipped through the system in the years and it wasn't diagnosed. And a lot of that is down to a lot of misunderstanding and and misinformation about, you know, the only thing that's common in ADHD children or individuals is hyperactivity, but there's so much more to it.
1: And adults being diagnosed and the information and research around adults is so new, like and so with women, but with adults, like just the understanding that you don't just grow out of a neurodevelopmental mm. difference. So like we're learning not very far behind the doctors and the psychologists and the psychiatrists. And, and we're having such an access to information and misinformation at the moment that it, it can be overwhelming and what's really tricky is that there are a lot of doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists at the moment who still are under the impression that if you have gone to university you couldn't have ADHD if you um y- you know are successful you couldn't have ADHD I had someone say to one of my clients oh you you have a happy marriage so you couldn't have ADHD and it's like there's a severity scale, And there are so many ways that this can manifest and show up in your life. Um, And it doesn't have to be, you know, that you're this broken person who's unable to be in the workforce. And like, it's all of these preconceived ideas about what ADHD looks like. You can be incredibly successful and highly stressed and overwhelmed with ADHD. Do you know what I mean? Like you could be many things at once. It's not a black and white um one version of the little hyperactive boy and and the the further away that we move from that and the more that we um paint a picture of diversity neurodiversity literally um i think the better off we're going to be i think it
0: really reminds me of when i was learning about autism when i was in university and and a really similar thing around that there was a diagnosis of what autism was and it was one size fits all and eventually after years of research we decided hey there's a spectrum for this and there are people who are high functioning and also fall on the autistic spectrum and i think the more i learn about adhd the more i realize that there's a very similar thing there
1: I've heard a beautiful uh, swap of language because there's so many lived experience educators right now who are speaking up about the autistic and ADHD and BPD and OCD, you know, so there's so many um, different neurotypes and there are people speaking up who are saying, what was that word that you said? High, high functioning. So we're swapping high functioning for high masking. So high functioning is is someone's perception. Of, oh, but you're functioning well. But like that is their limited view of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. They cannot see what you are experiencing within. And so they've they've replaced it with um high masking. And it's the same, and so like now I'm making all of these different language swaps from symptoms to traits, from disorder, moving away from that language to differences and just seeing like how we can feel empowered by our neurotype and not feel like Because our neurotype is different from the neuronormative people around us, it doesn't mean that it's any less than.
0: I would even go to argue like what is the neuronormative anymore? Because how many of us have grown up in a system, and I love that term, high functioning or high masking, because that's what we learn to do, especially, especially as women. I'm sorry, but we learn at a very young age that in order to survive or be successful in this world, we have to fit a certain mold. And if we don't, we need to push down certain aspects of ourselves and present a mask or present a front in order to get us further. Whether that is, you know, holding back tears when we really, really want to cry something as small as that, or, you know, trying to, you know, fake it until we make it with confidence when we're in, you know, a boardroom full of men and trying to, you know, fight for our right to be there. And I think that, this, to say that there's neuronormative, I think we're slowly breaking down the fact that maybe it there's more divergency than there is normal because we've learned to present a certain way to fit society.
1: I'm just going to shout out to my absolute favorite book um, on ADHD. It's called Women with Attention Deficit Disorder, Embrace Your Differences and Transform Your Life. It's by Sari Solden. And I think reading that book, it completely changed my understanding of um, ADHD and how it looked in women. And it broke down that whole concept of high masking. It went into the fact like, you know, are are you someone who, like I I find small talk irritating. I find it irritating and I I feel like we're in a dance and I don't want to partake in the dance, but everyone's like, this is just the dance that we do. And my head's like, but why? I do not want to do this. Uh, This is very boring and we could be doing anything else. And um, so she, yeah, she fully broke down the mask and I was like, there are other people out there who feel the same way, who have made themselves smaller and quieter. And um, like with my depression, like it was behind closed doors for so long because I couldn't see how I could talk about it I was sort of like you know everyone sees me as this really happy person and i um, really confident and so like I'll be that but in the inside I'm overwhelmed and I'm confused and I'm really struggling and I don't really know how to articulate it and so yeah if if you are someone listening and and you aren't sure and you want to learn more um Sari Soldan is an incredible advocate and um researcher
0: we'll put the link to that one in the show notes as well carrie because it sounds like a very good read in general um and i love what you say about feeling seen because i feel like i had a very similar experience in university the first time i read the definition of not just anxiety but social anxiety specifically and i remember reading it like in a, an online dictionary and crying because i was like this isn't just me enough people feel this way that someone has put the definition of this in a dictionary. And I think it's so liberating when you realize, oh, you know, I'm not broken inside. There's not a defect in me that, you know, I have to hide, but actually it's okay that I feel this way and it's okay to ask for help as well.
1: I'm going to have to throw another book recommendation out there, but <laughs> um, it, Sarah Sarah Wilson's First We Make the Beast Beautiful, a new story about anxiety, is the best book, one of the best books I've ever read. Um, her, her writing style is is gorgeous. You can see it. Um, I'm just showing Laura. I've, like, tabbed the entire book in different rainbow colours. I've highlighted the heck out of it. She she describes this experience that you have in, in such a beautiful way. Oh, I, I wouldn't do it justice. Anyway, go go and read that. If you have anxiety, any kind of anxiety, Um, sh- she, yeah, her words will jump off the page at you and you'll probably cry a lot.
0: <laughs> I'm going to add that to my Amazon basket as soon as we finish this conversation because as you're saying it, and I'm seeing your highlighted and rainbow tabbed version of it, I want it because that is that's how I read books as well. I know we have you have you have overcommitted, as you said, and we have a limited time. So <laughs> let's um we've talked a lot about ADHD, what it looks like, how it can present, how different it can be for different people. And what I really wanted to take a moment to chat with you about was you you kind of touched on it this. That with people with ADHD, self-awareness is something that is really difficult, something that we can struggle with, they can struggle with. Um, And a big part of looking after your well-being through self-care comes from self-awareness. And now as your role as an ADHD coach, I wondered if you could share some roles, some tips with us. For people who are struggling with that self awareness aspect and that is impacting their ability to show
1: up for themselves, you bet I can. And I'm so sorry that I overcommitted way too much tonight. (laughs) But um, if anyone goes to my TikTok, which is ADHD Compassion Coach, there is a video that went. Bonkers viral. And it's so funny because it's literally, I just got on there, started filming, and went. This is just what I say to myself every day, which is check your capacity, check how you're feeling in your body, in your mind. Like what like what is going on for you? Slow down and take a moment to do that. Um, embrace your chaos. So embrace the way that you are and don't feel like you need to hide. Or, or make yourself smaller for other people, like show up imperfectly. I've actually had clients say the reason I wanted you as my ADHD coach is because you show up with ADHD and you don't pretend like, Oh, cause I did a certification. I've just fixed my ADHD. It's like, no, it doesn't it work together. that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what is it? And honor your energy. Oh my gosh. Honor your energy. So if you're feeling tired, it's okay to bail. If you're feeling, you know, like you don't want to talk to people, it's okay not to talk to people. Like it is okay to honour where you are at. Um, and a tagline that I just like to say is, yeah, embrace your chaos, embrace who you are, um, and embrace your ADHD because it's not going anywhere. Medication, a lot of people go in and they go, right, this medication's going to be a fix. It's not, but it is going to help. And so are systems and so are strategies and so are a whole bunch of different things. Um, But giving yourself compassion and just truly loving yourself, even on the tricky brain days, even on the days where you're in a brain fog and, um, I've heard it called, there's like a wall of awful between you and the thing you want to do. And no matter how much you seriously want to do it. Like yesterday, I really wanted to write this female and I just, I, I was sitting there and it was like trying, what is that? Uh, blood out of stone. Uh, uh, yeah, expression. to to get uh, blood yeah. out of a stone. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Why are you trying to get blood out of a stone, stone Stones don't bleed. I don't understand. Anyway, um, I think that's the point <laughs> of the the uh, analogy. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I could sit there and I could criticize myself and shame myself and guilt myself, or I could accept that this is how I'm feeling. I could honor it and I could shift my mindset, do something else, allow for the struggle and move on.
0: So good. Love it. Love it. Love it. I always say something very similar to people when they say, Hey, I, I, you know, I don't have time for self-care or, you know, I, I don't know how to start with this. And I think the, the thing we have to remember is that when we don't slow down, we don't make that space to check in with ourselves and we choose to push through for the sake of others, eventually we will reach that burnout point and we will not be able to show up for others. And that's why it's so important to take that space. And a little
1: cheat there that has changed my life is celebrating the little wins. So I I recently started an ADHD compassion club because why not? And uh, everyone in there, I'm just trying to get them to celebrate those little wins because it's the little wins that add up to sustainable long-term results. It's the little wins of choosing to honor your energy just in a little way or choosing to show yourself compassion no matter how small that looks. And the more you do it, the more you practice, the more you're telling your brain, "Hey brain, I love you. Let's let's, you know, let's live life your way instead of doing it the way that everyone else says we have to."
0: I do something very similar when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I feel like I haven't done anything on my to-do list, I do a to-done list. I will list off all of the things that I did that day and then I'll tick them. And I'll then it'll help me realize, oh, actually you may not have done everything that was on your to-do list, but you actually did accomplish a lot of things today. Even if it literally was you got out of bed and you put on some clean clothes.
1: I have to send you my brain dump template because that is exactly what I do with it. Have I got one near me? Yep. Look at this. Right? I'll do the to done. <laughs> I'll write it down and then I'll take it off. It's so and satisfying. It's, oh, it's so satisfying.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm cheating, but then at the same time, I'm like, it helps me move on from this day and not stay Self stuck in the, cloud. the back. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, round of applause. Like I used to do with my little ones. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I always like to finish with the same question for all my guests. Obviously, this is Fill Up Your Cup podcast. So I love to hear from my guests how they keep their cups topped up and filled up. So how are you showing up for
1: yourself at the moment, Carrie? So this is going to sound really nerdy, but I use a calendar, digital calendar. (laughs) And before I put in any work, um, I put in personal non-negotiables, so coffee and a cuddle with my dogs, non-negotiable. Stopping for lunch, non-negotiable. Quiz on the on the weekends, my parents, my husband, non-negotiable. And then I add in my creativity. Then I add in my rest, and last I add in my work tasks and all the Zoom calls and things like that. And so, like before, I came on this podcast. I made sure that I had a bath. I made sure that I gave myself that time to rest and to slow down and to check in and tune in to what I needed. So um, you can steal that, everyone. And um, I'll let Laura know the colors because it's color-coded, which makes it great for visual learners. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. And it's a, that is such a great tip for, I think, especially heading into the end of the year because we're heading into what is – A very chaotic time of the year, no matter where you are in the world, there's a lot of extra things going on, a lot of social expectations, a lot of family expectations. And I love the idea of putting into your calendar your personal boundaries and non-negotiables first, because I think that's a really good way to help hold that boundary yourself when we really struggle with that. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and expertise with us. It has been an absolute joy. Where can our listeners find more from you? And do you have any offerings or anything that they can look out for?
1: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at kerry C-E-R-I dot Sanford, S-A-N-D-F-O-R-D. And on TikTok, ADHD Compassion Coach. And my website is www.kerriesanford.com. I am currently offering one on one ADHD coaching. I'll probably open it up again in January. So, I'm a little bit full at the moment, but in January, I'm also running my next round of my 8DHD program, which is an eight-week program. I'm thinking about renaming it, Embrace Your Chaos, but I'm kind of sitting with it a little bit and writing it down and seeing whether it's you know, the right vibe. Um, anything else? Oh yeah. And the ADHD compassion community. So if, if you have ADHD, please come and join us. It is such a beautiful place. We do little compassion check-ins and we all share where we're at in different parts of our compassion journey so that people can see it doesn't happen overnight. It happens through practice. It happens through showing up for yourself daily and recognising that it's okay to have ADHD-related difficulties and needs because you have ADHD. (laughs) And I think that we can be really bloody hard on ourselves. So um, I would love to see you in any of those. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please reach out on uh, Instagram. Thank
0: you. I am so excited for our listeners to hear this episode. I have loved chatting with you and I hope that they're going to go and explore your TikTok and your Instagram and your website and hopefully find something that feels good for them. So thank you for giving us this time today.
1: Thank you for having me. Ah, I just love seeing your face.
0: If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you feel a little less alone in your personal development journey and a little more inspired to do something today to show up for yourself. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming app or platform. And if you want even more weekly inspiration, then head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow the show as at fill up your cup of pod. Remember, you can't pour from an empty cup. So do one small thing today to pour into yours and start creating a life that feels good for you.